Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures Podcast, brought to you by Yellow Hat Outdoors. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 27. Hudson and Glenn in the house here. Uh, Landon is at the hospital. He's got two new daughters here on this earth, which is pretty cool, him and his wife do. And we have uh, two dads in the house. One, one grandpa. And one grandpa. That's crazy. G-Paul. G- <laughs> That's awesome. G for short. That's right, G for short. We were just talking about him growing up in Compton. Uh, he's been all over the United States, supposedly. So I guess we'll get the rundown. But we got Tim Hawes, who's been on here before. And then we got Cliff Stout. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing great. That's good. We were just getting the rundown of uh, these two are longtime hunting buddies. And so we were getting the rundown on um, maybe some plans for elk season and stuff like that. So you guys are excited for that? Uh, training up. It's training season right now so that Cliff doesn't have to carry me off the mountain. <laughs> so um, his speed for that is quite high. So we, I'm trying to make sure I don't have to write him a check well i actually haven't started training yet (laughs) yeah that's the armando caro uh training session uh, it's probably it's probably good you haven't because you're still not injured yet this year so (laughs) yeah i didn't tell you about my elbow but we'll get that to another time do you get injured every year yes (laughs) he does yes he does probably the worst torn groin i have ever seen pictures of they were tell that story cliff that was that's just typical this is a typical (laughs) cliff stout how do you tear your groin (laughs) well i was at the range if it's too graphic you then we can no it's not too graphic uh i was at the range we were doing uh firing uh, drills and one of them was a sprint or I thought it was a sprint I don't think it was supposed to be but uh, so I said you know there were two guys it was in a safe manner but uh, we're running you know towards the target engaging turning and I said I can turn it up a little bit I'm 50 something years old and uh, I got this and I got about 20 yards into my sprint and I thought somebody shot me I hit the ground holstered my weapon and it was I I had no idea what it was I'd never even heard of anyone tearing their groin I didn't until I looked it up uh, I didn't realize how big of a muscle that is it it hurt. well on most people uh, but I will say the pictures were because I he called me said man I've I am hurt. And then the next day he sent pictures and knee to knee uh, bruise. It was it was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life. Knee to belt line. Knee to belt line and then back to the other knee. It was... Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it, well, I make called sure and post the picture Dr. There. Hawes and he said, well, just wrap it. Put some ice on it. I said, good idea. Well... That forced all the blood, because, you know, a tear bleeds, forced all the blood into one area, and it... A sac area could create a large, rather large, <laughs> abnormally large sac. It looked like a... You may edit this. It looked like a large 
bloody burrito, like a red burrito, oh. just where the where the the wrapping ceased. And uh, so, so I did finish training that day. I limped a little bit, but uh, I got home, and of course, my wife, love her very dearly, she may or may not listen to this podcast. She just laughs at me every time I get hurt. Says you'll be fine. Quit being soft. Very supportive. <laughs> and uh, so, three days later, I'm on crutches. I go to the ortho because I call our trainer, uh, and uh, he says, "Yeah, I'll go see my friend. He's a sports guy. He can look at it." And so I, I hobbled in there, and he uh, he says, "Let me see it." And he laughed. He said, "Oh man, that's bad." <laughs> So I knew I was in trouble. But he's like, yeah, four to six weeks, you'll be all right. He took x-rays, nothing torn. So you just pretty much hobbled around for a month, and then yeah. you're back to normal? I, I feel it every once in a while. Like when we do jujitsu, I could feel it. Like I didn't stretch good enough, or yeah, if I got- try to sprint or run. Oh, my gosh. Still pretty wow. sensitive. I don't know if I've ever met someone that's done that, so now I have. Hey, as you get older, once you go stand around one uh, cold Saturday morning and then go do some sprints real quick and see what happens. (laughs) Golly, that's crazy. That's just one of many injuries, huh? This guy. (laughs) He is... uh, You're like... What is crazy is... He's the guy that gets hurt during training, but he's like Mr. Safety in everything. I mean, we can't go anywhere unless we've triple-checked our dock kits and made sure, you know, we got 14 tourniquets and, you know, blood clot and all sorts. Because he knows he's going to need them, huh? He's no. I'm the one that typically gets hurt. It's (laughs) me or something on the trip, but. So training, watch out for Cliff on the trip. Yeah, the on the one. T- yeah, he's golden on the trip. Okay. Training, we're always worried if we're going to even get him to Colorado. So that's good. Well, at least I don't know. I guess you guys got both sides covered then. Uh, yep. Yep. That's awesome. Well, Cliff, tell us a little bit about like where you grew up and stuff. I don't know if I've ever asked that of any. I don't know anyone about you. So, well, I grew up here in Bethany, Oklahoma. Uh, I went to Bethany Elementary for most of the time, and then we moved actually right around the corner. And I went to Overholzer and Western Oaks and Putnam City West, and uh, pretty much stayed in Bethany yeah. for most of my life. That's cool. Did you um, did you grow up kind of hunting and fishing, or when did that come about? Um, I did not. My dad took took us a few times. Uh, but he wasn't really into hunting and fishing very much. But I had a friend of mine, uh, Mickey Powers. Um, he's actually a, the guy that got me a job where I currently work um, 30 years ago. But uh, he he used to take me uh, hunting and fishing and bow hunting. And, of course, we were bow hunting. I'm sure Tim told you know tells these kind of stories. But when your tree stand was standing in a tree that's what you did you find a limb <laughs> that you won't fall off and then we got smart we started carrying around a tube of six with a notch cut in it and then uh, me and my dad made a tree stand that is very similar to the tree stands we have now except it weighed about 80 pounds <laughs> and had a ratchet strap on it and you know kind of shimmy up the tree with that thing i don't think we ever actually got it in a tree okay 
<laughs> it was too heavy. Yeah. I couldn't get it out of the truck. <laughs> yeah. Who needs to hit the gym? That's why. Yeah. Shoulder pressing that thing up there. That's awesome. So pretty much that Mickey Powers, you said, literally took you out and kind of got you into everything. Yeah. We so, used to we used to go we one of my funnest hunting trips was uh Colgate, Oklahoma. I don't know. That place is pretty rugged. It was just little hill after hill after hill, and they all looked the same. And I got lost. I was by myself. Yeah, that was... Uh, saw a coyote walk like 20 feet in front of me. I was like 15, 16 years old. Uh-huh. And uh, saw a mountain lion. People uh-huh. say, you know, even back then, uh, saw a mountain lion. That scared me. So I instantly climbed a tree so I could figure out where the truck was. And I finally found the, found the truck and started walking that way. So you could see it from the tree. That's yeah. how you found your way back. That's awesome. Who needs a drone? I've, I've increased my survival skills yeah. and mapping <laughs> skills quite a bit since then. That's why you're Mr. Prepared now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you ever shoot any deer down there in Colgate? I did not. I did not. Uh, no, uh, we and that was that was fun. That was my first experience of deer camp. We had a big okay. wall tent, you know, about the size of this room, and you know, potbelly stove and yeah, you know, ice chest after ice chest of food. And yeah, it was pretty fun. That's awesome. Spent spent a few days down there in the heart of deer season, and yeah, just got out there after it. Yeah, that's awesome. What about fishing? Did you do? You said you did that a little bit with your dad growing up. I but, did a little bit. Um, one time we went to, I think it was Lake Tanicomo. Isn't that a river in Branson that uh, it's pretty it's narrow? Near, it's around Branson. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lake. So yeah. my dad took us all on a fishing trip, and he wasn't a boater. He wasn't really a fisher, fisherman. So we went and rented a pontoon, and, you know, they gave us the salmon eggs and the corn and the little hooks and hooked us up, and they said, you know, get on, get on the river and go to the third power line. Stop right there, and that's where you catch them. So we go easing through there. You know, it's me, my brother, my stepbrother, sister, and we're just bickering and fighting and arguing the whole way. You know, we're there, and and we can't see anything. The fog is so thick, you can't see 10, 15 yards in front of you. And we're just fishing, and no one's catching anything, and everybody, you know, you know how a bunch of, bunch of little kids are. And uh, the fog... <laughs> Sun came out, fog started lifting, and we look around, and there's about 60 boats around us within 100 yards, and they're just all looking at us like, yeah. So we moseyed on to the next spot. So. Yeah, they had told everyone and their dog, third power line, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm guessing no fish were caught on that trip. Uh, one fish. <laughs> yeah, most expensive. Uh, probably three-quarter pound trout ever yeah that's awesome a little uh topical uh question since your son just had uh two children how'd your hunting and fishing continue whenever you started having kids and uh you know i guess first whenever you met kelly and stuff and how that went and then having kids hunting and fishing was pretty light until i met your dad and then the kids were a little bit older, and we had the same schedule because of you know you rugrats. Um, so that's kind of when it really kicked off is you know the Stout Halls gang. And then of course we're taking the kids 
so like almost everywhere we went we had kids with us so yeah um, when you take the kids you get the uh free pass from the wife pretty easy you know especially if you take all the kids then it's like yeah and you guys are coming back next <laughs> month is that what the plan is yeah it's like so, don't let the door hit you on the way yeah, out yeah yeah um, they can sneak in a, a quick trip to you know Puerto Vallarta or wherever they want to go while we're you know slumming it out at 10 killer yeah yeah and Hudson tells many stories of those death marches back in there yeah <laughs> And are they, they are they as far as they make it sound? <laughs> it's, yes, they are. <laughs> and it's far whenever you're carrying the tree stand on your back going in there too. I mean, you got your bow, tree stand, pack. Uh, I don't know. Got Fun a lot of stats. water. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, last year. He, uh, uh, Here I'm we like, go. Let's. We're in Colorado. First day, you want to acclimate, right? Just go out a few miles, eat a snack, kind of look around, figure out what you're going to do. No. Tim Oz goes, was it 12.8 miles that day? With me. Like, I'm on Team Turtle. I've self-named. There's a Team Hare and a Team Turtle. He's, you know, yeah, he no, likes You to were go. promoted to Team Hare this last season. Uh, he's fully capable of being on Team Hare, and he was brought along. And, uh, and I don't recall exact mileage on that. It's uh, on my Strava. I got it. Yeah, I know you do. You <laughs> record it all. I, what, what made that little jaunt? Interesting is the vertical feet that we uh, navigated. We climbed several thousand vertical feet, I think, through the, up and down through that. And uh, that was that got challenging there on that first big ridge that we tried yeah. to navigate over. Get in a little deep. Steep, yeah, steep. You know what's crazy off? about that is so we we. This area uh, previously had heard some elk, so we were up there, and 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 really we were trying to get to another spot higher up, and the and there was some private land, so we were we were having to navigate where we could just skirt the private, and it got a little hairy there. Uh, and Cliff, to his credit, he's out front blazing the trail. He was the one that was. Uh, getting us up there but what I remember is I, I'm like thinking to myself there have been no human beings ever right here where we're at nobody would ever navigate this and then I look over and, and there's a pile of rocks with a stick sticking at the top that somebody had piled up so, so you're like okay well that was wrong you know, there have been some people back in this I don't know what they were doing but they were back here where was it uh were you in the group when the uh the game warden came and checked you guys out there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, tell tell that story. <laughs> so I think it was Armando and Toby. Yeah, with Toby, that's right. So we're right, he he thought there was something wrong with us because we were slow hunting through obvious place where there weren't elk. 
so we were probably just killing time <laughs> to go over the next ridge but team turtle uh, i get it yeah, yeah. team turtle yeah, so nice. we're just kind of walking along and out of nowhere this game ranger comes up pistol badge i don't even think he had a bottle of water and t-shirt and he's like what are you guys doing <laughs> uh we're hunting <laughs> So he's like, yeah, there's no elk over here. You know, there's, you know maybe, a, you know. So uh, he's like, yeah, you may drop over this edge over here and go over here. And I'm like, thanks. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, ah, heard there's some poachers up here over the, like, and it was, we looked at the map and it was like two or three miles away. But he was coming in the back way because they were poaching on private. So he was going across the, the forest to get to him. So, you know, uh, so that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm sure he's just absolutely in peak shape if you're wandering those hills all the time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that uh, I saw. I think we met that guy uh, on a later trip, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's he is muscled up and looks completely fit. <laughs> Not a guy you're wrangling around with in the woods. No, I. I mean, you know, those guys are out. You know, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, approaching people that are heavily armed, you know, so it takes a special someone to be out there on your own, you know, yeah. backup, backup's not going to be there in three minutes. Yeah. You know, it's, you've got to be able to hold your own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, whenever I see them, they forget their waiters when I'm duck hunting. So oh, yeah, that's a good, story. <laughs> they don't even check me. So I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm, they must pay them a little more in Colorado or something. So uh, work a little harder. A little crazier, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing like this mountain of a man back there, just hoofing it around, no problem. Yeah, he he actually wasn't that tall. Uh, he was just stout, was stout. Yeah, yeah. Cliff stout. There you go. Yeah. It was actually more like Landon. He was built like Landon. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, how did you guys is so did your friendship for hunting and stuff kind of form around um, Hudson and Landon playing sports and stuff together, or what kind of kicked all that off? Do you guys can you point to any specific event or anything? Uh, I think, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, I asked Cliff if he hunted or fished and. When he said yes, then that was it. I didn't care really about the kids at that point. I was. Um, I thought we became friends because of my coaching skills. Well, <laughs> that uh, that helped, uh, but that, uh, of course, if that's not all it is, because uh, we haven't coached a, a team together and. A decade or more. Golly. Cliff, Cliff always had the expert sideline uh, tactical changes and stuff. He'd just he'd be on, come on, guys! <laughs> and then that's that's what you'd hear from Cliff. And, you know, it'd motivate you a little bit. That's Hudson. <laughs> no, Cliff, uh, I think the thing that, one, uh, what Cliff said earlier, uh, there are seasons of life, you know, you find yourself and you really, um, when you're in that season of raising kids, you have less opportunities. And, uh, of course 
you're wanting to expose your kids to the outdoors and um it's a lot easier to do that and a lot better i think to do that when you have a, a buddy that is in that same situation and so they're uh, the ability to take you know all of our kids you know i have three boys and cliff has four so uh, that's a crew right there and uh holland and then of course at the time you had a uh, you had a place at fort cobb i believe yeah and so there were some adventures out there not no really fishing adventures uh but most of that was just getting out and letting the guy kids run around, you know. But it was, um, I think, early on, most of it was fishing. We were, yeah, uh, fishing and and uh, spent a lot of time with our friend Scott Williford, who uh, you several, need to have on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> several several near death experiences with him. Both I can in a only boat. imagine. <laughs> well, I mean, you got you got your your two categories with Scott. It's either your near death experiences from riding in the boat, and the yeah. fact that he likes to go fast, and then you've got the other category of getting in the way of him losing a big fish, <laughs> and then uh, feeling the wrath of Scott. You know, from that angle but uh we had some great times doing that we we went down of course many times down to texas and fished fork and fished mcgee creek and eufaula and ten killer and uh really scott's you know on the water probably you know 150 days plus a year so uh, we tagged along on a whole lot of those for a few years. Yeah, that was fun. one of my one of my McGee Creek memories with him wasn't about catching a fish, but we were fishing, and we had a kid on our little league team who he was he was a little chubbier, was struggling to catching the ball, and you were telling him about it, and without missing a beat, Scott's mid cast, he just goes, "I bet if you threw brownies at him, he'd catch them all." <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like that Scott sounds has like a Scott. lot of words of wisdom. Yeah. It really does. I, I have countless. Well, and I'm sure Cliff feels the same way. We have a lot of stories. So um, you need to get Scott on and let Cliff and I remind him of some of uh, his events. Scott's memory is he won't forget any of them he'll he will bring up many that we have forgotten yeah, or wish we'd forget true. but i've got a couple on him like yeah. where he drove a treble hook through his thumbnail and it was coming out the pad of his thumb and he was mad at me because i stopped and wasn't fishing he's like keep fishing he just could he and then he, we, he only had a rusty pair of dikes or something. He was trying to cut oh. the hook off. And, oh, that was some. That was fun. That did, was on the river. Did he get it out? Or? He got it out. Yeah. Finally cut it off and pulled Gosh. it out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't right coming off the water. I know no. that. No. Wasn't coming off the water. He, yeah. He would have fished with it in his thumb before he got off the water. <laughs> then there was a time at McGee Creek where... We pulled up to a point, and there was a guy several hundred yards away from us, but he, I guess he took offense to us pulling up there. And this guy, 
starts hollering. And I'm like, what's he hollering about? And then he gets, he fires his boat up, races toward us, does two 360s around us, and then takes off. And on his second 360, I see Scott, he's getting, he's heading over. And I'm like, this guy has no idea what he has just done. And I'm trying to figure out how in the world am I going to keep Scott Williford from killing this guy. And thankfully, his father-in-law was on the boat at the time, and that kind of tempered Scott. Because his father-in-law was able to talk him down, but man, I was—it was—it's uh, always an adventure fishing with Scott, and it's all, you're always going to be in fish, so that makes yeah. it even better. Yeah, I—the one time I fished with them was at McGee Creek with when Cliff. I don't know why you were so nice. You let us take your old bass boat down there right after we graduated high school. And then you and Scott came down and met us the next day. Yeah. And I, I just remember, well, yeah, so we got down there a day early. Of course, didn't catch a single fish. And then that second day, we started out kind of in that first cove off of um, Potapo Creek, kind of to the left off the boat ramp and everything. And I caught like three fish, and Scott only caught one, and he was just <laughs> cussing me out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm a good fisherman. <laughs> and then, yeah, we see you guys like an hour later, and you're like, yeah, Scott caught an eight-pounder a few minutes ago. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, there it is. <laughs> I knew it happened eventually. So Yeah, I was in a boat on McGee Creek with him when he caught a 10 gosh. on a uh, suspending rogue. That was a bite. It was a, it was an awesome fish. I was I still remember that. It's beautiful. I haven't seen Hudson catch one of those yet, so never will. Oh, <laughs> just got to keep after. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, does he have a, a lake house down on Texoma now? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He's. That's awesome. uh, I I think his number of days on the water's probably gone up about to about two twenty five. <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. That's fun. So, yeah, when when did you get your bass boat, Cliff? You're old. Are we going to call it that? You're old. It, was a, they, they it bass, was a bass cat. It was a bass kitty. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that... Yeah, kitty was... Uh, I went... Put it text, nicely. Uh, Scott said, I'll go with you. We found several boats to go look at, and we went to Texas to buy this thing against my better judgment and against Scott's recommendation we did not it was actually the second boat we went and looked at the first one we test drove on my ad didn't sound right so then we find this basket and put it on the he, we couldn't take it to the lake for some reason the lake was like a 30 minutes away or an hour away or whatever so we just put it on the earmuffs and it sounded fine Scott's like yeah I think we need to do compression testing on it we didn't because we didn't have a compression kit with us. So, uh, you know, Scott's like, yeah, I don't know. And, uh, of course, he called the motor a few, you know, choice words because it was a – was it, it wasn't a Johnson. Was it a Johnson? It is a Johnson. He hates Johnson. Um, so – I don't know what that family ever did to him. But. Yeah. But, uh, lo and behold, we get it back and uh, number five pistons out. So – 
you know, I spent, I don't know, 5500 on the boat and then ended up buying a used motor and that one, well, you guys drove that one. It was... Uh, it was... I, to, to your credit, though, even though that boat never ran, you know, full like it should have, yeah. you know, we still caught a lot of fish out of that yeah. boat. I mean, it would go 40, yeah. but I wanted a boat that would go 50, 60. Yeah. And it was built for that. It was a, I love, that was I a mean, good it, fishing it, boat. Bass cats are great boats. I mean, lots of room to fish. They, uh, you, they handle rough water well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we got the carpets smelling like yeah. black bass on many occasions. So that's good. Yeah, I, I think at the time we were at McGee Creek, uh, Scott's boat was running like the eighties or something. He, he got a brand new motor on it, or maybe it's a brand new boat. And <laughs> so Tim, he likes to wear his life jacket when we're going over forty two life jackets actually so rough water tim's over there double fist on the on that oh crap bar up front and i mean you've just seen and you know and i i'm like i i spent a lot of time on the water and going fast and i'm like i don't mind well that weekend that you guys were on your senior trip he said i got a new prop on this and something's not you know it's not exactly right and scott said reach under there and put your life jacket on i knew it oh. was a little bit sketchy i've never seen scott with a life jacket on i i didn't even know he had life jackets yeah <laughs> but, i thought uh, he just was illegal uh we were uh yeah it, it was uh it, it was it still wasn't going i think he was we were going like 82 or something and uh-huh. he you know he's like yeah it's still not running right golly so yeah yeah, that's that's not a good feeling, is it? No. Yeah, you need to buckle up, buddy, because this might not go well. Gosh. <laughs> that's nothing compared to the time I was with him on Fork. We were running the boat lanes. The waves were three, four-footers. And all I remember, I had the, oh, crap, bar. I was, I was, I was, did I couldn't put my, I couldn't sit down because hitting the waves, it was, jar in my back so i was in a half squat <laughs> holding on to that bar and i just remember every other we were coming out of the water and the prop would go you know wee real loud and then we'd hit back into the water and i and i'm like i give scott this look and he just looks at me and says yeah believe me this is the easiest way just hang on <laughs> like I, I really I fully expected to die that day because it was early, it was like late February. So if we end up in the water, we're yeah. hypothermic and yeah, you're screwed you know, just a little bit. So <laughs> you got a life jacket on so they can find your body. Yeah, right? so that's you exactly got a right. Yeah, it was. But uh, I will say this about Scott: he knows how to drive a boat. Yes, he does. Uh, he he knows where those boat lanes are. If you've ever seen Fork when it was low or just look down in the water. There's boat lanes and they're mapped and they're not straight. It's not like go from this buoy to this buoy. I mean, it's uh, yeah. like driving through a neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And did he just have it on GPS or? Yeah. Okay. Because yep. they're not marked. Gosh. <laughs> it's just trust your, trust your maps. Yeah, I was talking to um, my 
I don't know. You guys know Doug Adams. Mm-hmm. His brother-in-law um, fished down on Fork a lot and stuff. And so um, the company that I work for right now just built a new lake in East Texas between Paris and Bonham down there, you know, kind of close to the Red River. And um, so it's going to be a new big, I don't know, 16 or 20,000 acre lake, just a big old lake. And we were talking about how, you know, the early days of Lake Fork and, you know, all of the trees and stuff. But um, he was telling me that the um, lake is actually going to be stocked with only those Sherlunker bass. So like the offspring of those 13 pounders that they raise at the hatchery. Wow. And so um, what he said is there's all these farm ponds kind of like, you know, Lake Fork has and everything that are going to be completely flooded and so what they did is they shock all the fish out of those stock it with these you know crazy 13 pound offspring not actually 13 pounders but the fry from them Mm -hmm. and then they're just growing right now until the lake floods and then they'll spread out and you know they'll keep stocking and stuff so wow wow so he's kind of like you know itching like maybe this will be the next you know big lake so I don't know. We'll see how it all pans out, but that's awesome. Could be really sweet. I I don't know if that's is that any closer than Fork. Is that going to be closer? How far is Lake Fork? Uh, Drive uh, five and a half hours, probably about that. Yeah, I think it's four ish, four and a half down mm-hmm. there. So maybe a little closer. But well, and maybe it'll pull some pressure off Fork. That'll be nice mm-hmm. too. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so you guys uh, planted an elk hunt this year. Uh, this How many years in a row have y'all done that? This will be number six. I was thinking, yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh, Cliff, uh, so <laughs> our first year, uh, I remember talking Cliff into applying for a elk tag with – you know the the intention was just to get preference point had no intention of getting drawn and because uh, we were just planting the seed with the wives yeah like, oh sure. this is gonna be yeah. expensive in a few years but this is just you know ten dollars so I, I i hadn't retired yet and i still had and i get notification that we both got drawn in <laughs> and so we had that first year we i don't think we took a call with this uh, we did have some pretty good. Camp- no, I bought some ho- a hoochie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had yeah. the little uh, squeeze calls. We didn't okay. have any, um, but we didn't have a a, a bugle. We no. didn't have any of that. And but we had borrowed some great camping equipment and probably the best calling encounter year that we've had so far was that very first one. It was, it was pretty impressive. It was pretty every single day we had something going on and but that was that's what got it started and, and that Cliff's one, been by my side ever since on that. That one was southern Colorado, right? No, that first one was uh central Colorado. Okay. And then so we we typically go to that spot and then to southern Colorado every other year. We've been kind of flip flopping back and forth. Okay. And if, fortunately, we had backup plan B and C, which were phenomenal. But if that first year would have been like that, like this last year, we we wouldn't have 
we probably wouldn't have we wouldn't have been hooked yeah it was so good that first year it just we put our stuff down it started to rain so we're just like hurried up we threw our stuff down covered with the tarp and ted's like well let's go let's go check out this spot all right we're in our street clothes and he's like well grab your bows I'm like okay so we walk straight up mount yeah, that rushmore <laughs> that was a baptism right there uh and it was probably what 1500 feet rise maybe 1200 right feet out of camp at three quarters of a mile or you know a mile you know we're just like sucking all the <laughs> wind, uh, the oxygen out of the forest as tim likes to say our 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 friend kept telling us to be quiet. He thought we were stepping on like rocks and stuff, but it was our breathing. <laughs> we were trying, trying to, it was to, so ragged. Trying to get oxygen. So we get to this this first little meadow, and so <laughs> our buddy Ted lets off a call, and he lives there, and you know, and lets off a bugle, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's no, it's it's right off the trail. It's a mile from camp. There's bikers and hikers, you know, within just a few yards of where we're standing. And uh, this big old bugle answers back. And I'm look, I'm just like, that, you know, are you trying to just trick us? I, I'm like, he had his butt. His buddy's right over there. I guarantee it. And he's just bugling back. And they're just going to play a joke on us. You know, these flatlanders are just, you know, <laughs> buying it. And he does it again, and you just hear this roar, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, we could be eating or setting up tent or something. And then just this tree, you can see the tips of this tree just are rattling. And then I look up, and I'm telling Tim there's two cows within, what, 40 yards of you? Yeah, 30 yards of me. And then there's a satellite bull over to the right. I'm just like, holy cow, this is easy (laughs) i'm thinking i was thinking to myself we're we're in here five minutes and we're about to kill an elk yeah we're like this is this is a piece of cake yeah and you know i look i'm a little up ahead of cliff and ted and cliff's giving me hand signals and pointing out other i'm looking around these points up here i'm like oh there's another one there's another one there's another one and i could have i had an either sex tag i could have shot uh, that cow, but I'm thinking, there's some monster right down here, sh- ripping up a tree. Surely that thing's going to come up this hill, and um, it. I'm sure it did. It probably filtered through the, around and through those trees back to the north of us, and but those elk just filtered right on up the mountain, and and uh, and it was on after that. We were in them every day. Had several encounters uh, it, it hasn't always been like that but what it has been every single time is a blast mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's been i don't know uh I, i'm sure cliff feels the same way but you have the hunt and that's awesome but even the trip there <laughs> driving there and driving home is uh, uh really fun you know just spending time with uh, these guys and and telling stories and catching up with what's going on with the families and all that. Do you want to tell them about your double leg leg cramp a couple years uh, ago? <laughs> you can tell it from your point of view. I I I, uh, I can't even. That's been about three three or four years ago. Yeah, maybe? yeah. You can tell that if you want to. Yeah, 
was it uh, uh, who was in it? It was Armando. No, and Toby yeah. in the truck next to us. Yeah, we were passing him, and twelve-year-old Tim, right? He says, "Watch this! I'm gonna moon him as we pass him." So he he gets. Uh, he's I'm not, getting into launch position. Launch position, and he he falls face down on the back seat. And he's just squalling like somebody stabbed him. And I'm like, what? And he's like, my hamstrings are cramping. And, oh, we're just laughing so hard. Armando can't hardly keep it on the road. And, oh, that actually show, showed up on my Google Photos yesterday, I think. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, I was... I was in severe pain. Uh-huh. And this I, is on the way home. Yeah, yeah. And this is on the way home. So I'm, uh, I'm just. We're all just smoked. You know, we'd been, been up and down mountains for a week, and oh my goodness, that hurt so bad. <laughs> that was, I almost threw up in the back of Lane's pickup that day. Oh, so funny, painful. <laughs> so, are is there a squad of like? Five or six of y'all that have been going, or how many? So there's guys are... the elk. The elk team six people. So our friend Ted, who lives in Colorado, he's kind of our resident guide. He, uh, especially for that central part that we hunt, and then um, the five Oklahoma guys. It's Cliff and myself, our friend Lane, our friend Armando, my brother Toby, are the five original OG members of the elk team, and. Uh, you know, it's the the great thing about the elk hunting is, you know, you're doing a lot of spot and stalk. You're you have your your group, and everybody kind of has a role within each group. So we, like Cliff said earlier, we have two teams: Team Hare, which tends to go a little faster, uh, and then we have Team Turtle, which tends to um, take their ever sweet love and time. Okay, and let's let's dissect that. So, Team Hare. Now we'll start with Team Turtle. We're going through the woods at a normal pace, so that we're not breathing hard or crashing into things. Team Hare, they're gone. They are, uh, and we can't even walk together because I'm like, slow down. Where are you going? And they're, <laughs> we got a waypoint to go investigate. Uh-huh. We got a place, but. <laughs> Was it two years ago on uh, Nipple Mountain? What, 300 yards outside of camp? Oh, yeah. We had the encounter. Yeah, so, so. we we had, uh, the day before, we had... Uh, Another it, death there was, march. All right, so here's... here's uh, this, is, this is a typical Team Turtle deal. Uh, team Hare's ready to go. <laughs> we're ready to go outside, and, uh, and we're waiting on uh, Team Turtle. And uh, Team Turtle's like, hey, you guys go ahead. Go ahead. We we uh, we got a few more things. Oh, well, I find out later Team Turtle just took, just lounged around camp, <laughs> had a big old huge breakfast. They, you know, they, uh, and so there was a decision made that it was time to go to town to try to uh, get cleaned up. We'd been... It had been kind of warm, and we'd been out there for at least three days, and um, so I'm, I'm sure it was pretty ripe around camp. So 
we pack up to go into town. On the way into town, no, yeah, on the way into town, Cliff, who is Eagle Eye Cliff, this guy is amazing at what he observes. He is super observant. He spots three cow elk down in this ravine going along the edge of this river in like a jungle and he spots them from the car and it's like i think i saw elk so i pull over the truck and he gets his but oh yeah they're there you know and so we're like wait a minute they're the opposite way we've been hunting so and lower a lot lower a lot lower so we're like huh we so we decide the next morning to go the opposite direction to go lower uh-huh and we're walking through a blowdown field that's just horrible. Uh, picking our way, you know, it's just over logs, over this, you know, just tons of fallen trees. And um, we run into elk right there below camp. I mean, probably 400 yards from camp. And uh, Cliff is our uh, master caller. Uh, he is... Um, uh, probably got I probably has the most experience going in because uh, you turkey hunted yeah and so and you ought to have him do his turkey call he can do that right now without a uh, read let's hear it, it it's not turkey season uh, well <laughs> get ready you better get your gun Glenn because uh, you're going to have him come flying in here in a second I'm in are you going to do a forest cliff or do you want to that's really good yeah <laughs> That's good. A lot of times he'd, whenever me and Landon would be going out to your guys' house or something, we'd see turkeys, he'd pull over and do it out the window, and a lot of times they'd call back to him. Uh-huh. Give a little gobble. Yeah. Sounds better than me in the blind, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking him next time. <laughs> yeah. You'll have more success. But you got to throw, uh, yeah, give a shout out to Tim Hawes because he spends hours and hours e-scouting. And... Almost every spot, especially the last few years, there's very, and this is from an aerial, I mean, very, very good elk sign, or we see elk, or hear elk. So, or shooting elk, or shooting elk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and he picks these spots, and I'm like, Have you lost your mind? Well, I have to nick some of the ideas because, like, you didn't ask what I did. I'm a land surveyor by trade, right? So, I I've made topo maps. I read topo maps. <laughs> Tim Hawes thinks topo maps look pretty. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll ask, he's he will give me the Cliff Stout look and say, "We need rope and harness if we're trying to get in there. There's no way." And he's also the voice of reason when it comes to gear, which I find this super ironic. All right, so he is like. He runs the numbers. He's our spreadsheet guy. And so, you know, every group has to have a good balance. Like, Cliff's a great caller. He's a super organizer of the team. Gets us going. You know, our friend Armando is also, um, he's, we call him, you know, Walmart. Walking Walmart. Yeah, because Armando has everything. You know, you you need you just mentioned. Hey, I wish I had. Armando's like, oh, I got three of those here. It's right here, and and so and then you've got Lane and I who are just let's go. You know, uh-huh. there's no let's just get it. And 
Um, but Cliff is the uh, really good at calling. Cliff's really good at uh, um, those scenarios like that. Radio communication. Radio communications, and and uh, he's the he tries to rein me in, uh, th- which is uh, needed about every single trip. He reminds me of was it last year, the mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So last year it was before we saw the mountain lion, a couple hours before. So, and I think you told this on the last podcast when you were talking about the the four elk. We were surrounded by four elk. Yeah. Just going nuts. It was, of course, one of them was. Uh, Armando. Armando. Yeah. <laughs> but the other two or three were not. And uh, so he's like, all right, you stay here, bugle, and I'm going to run up here. And you call. And I'm like, okay, how are we going to reconnect? What? I'm like, how are we going to know where we are? Like, you don't have your radio. You haven't. He carries the radio because I make him. Do you know our channel? What channel we turn on? I have no idea. There you go. Yeah. So, he hasn't turned it on. It's probably not charged. And he doesn't remember the code that we use. So, and I'm like, how we get... He's like, what do you mean? He's like, there's elk. I'm like, that's fine. But you're... I know Tim Oz. He's charging three miles in that direction. So, we hook his no, radio up. I had no intention, really, of going three miles. But hey, you never do. Yeah, sometimes that happens. <laughs> but we hooked his radio up, got him, and then he was gone. So we were able to. I will say that on that in that scenario right there, I did end up crossing a creek and going back in there. And then later on, like Cliff said, we see a mountain lion. And as I reflect back, I'm thinking, and I was back in this creek that looked very mountain lionish uh, by myself. And you know, it just sometimes it it uh, you do have to have that voice of reason with you because you can end up putting yourself in a situation that you know that none of it's worth getting hurt or you know seriously hurt. Um, so we Cliff's the one that really. I wish I would have gone with you last year when we were looking for your downed elk, and you ended up going down that. Oh, you would face. Have. You would have. We would have turned around. You would have tongue lashed me like nobody's business <laughs> for going where I went. It was. It was terrible. On his butt with his trekking poles, keeping him from sliding down. He was just like control, <laughs> moderately controlled slide. But I showed him later times. what the contours on that look like, and yeah. that's what we don't want. Right. So now he knows. I'm a, I'm a believer. <laughs> yeah. If the lines are close together, then maybe. Yeah, but, you know, think about sometimes. <laughs> well, sometimes he pulls up like a 50-foot contour map. It's like, oh, look, it's much better on this map. Those are 50-foot contours, not 20-foot contours, see? So, yeah. <laughs> you got to go where the elk are. That's right. So. And if they're if they're up there, you got to get to them. You know, and and actually, it's the going ups, and it's it's the coming down. It's trying to navigate down when you got mm-hmm. heavy pack on your back carrying a bow. You know, it's it, that's the part that can. But we've been very fortunate. We nobody's gotten seriously hurt, and you know we get sore and stuff. And then you got to just be smart. 
that's another thing that Cliff's really good at is just reminding us to hydrate and reminding us, hey, we're in day five or six, you know. We might have been able to tackle that day one, but mm-hmm. uh, you know everybody's tired, and and that's good. It's great to have somebody like that with you because ultimately, you know, we we don't want to have to push the SOS button on Cliff's uh, in reach since I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Armando has two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a and satellite phone. phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mister Walmart, that's all awesome. that guy. <laughs> Is he just a gadget man, or is he yeah. just just he, got the satellite situation covered? He uh, he's a lot like Cliff in that, you know. What if just being prepared, and and you can overdo it. Like if you ever pick up these guys, Cliff or Armando's pack. Oh my goodness! I'm like, no wonder you guys are tired and can't go. You're on Team Turtles. You got to. 155 pounds on your back you know but it is nice when you tag along with them if you need some extra food or extra ammo yeah our friend ted was hunting with armando last year and and they had stopped to sit on a wallow and he said uh, armando pulled up he said it looked like 7-eleven they had <laughs> snacks lined up all, all these different flavors of chips and Jerkies, he said. Ted was like, I thought I was in seven one. <laughs> That's awesome. Fuel for the road. That's right. Well, uh, have you? So you mentioned the mountain lion. Um, Hudson was telling me you have a slight theory that that may have been the one, the famous one that that NFL lineman killed. Do you think it actually was, or do you think it's like it possible at least? Uh, no, it wasn't the mountain lion we saw. That oh, okay. mountain lion. Um, that we saw was um, several miles from there, but okay. that where that guy killed that mountain lion was uh-huh. where I shot my elk last year. Gotcha. Right. Okay. okay. Right there. So uh, my our friend Ted tells us that um, our elk or, or that mountain lion was very happy I uh, wasn't able to recover that elk because he <laughs> feasted on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that thing was gigantic. But mm-hmm. that was where I had. Had shot that elk. Gotcha. And where I was navigating cross country uh, on my own, sliding down, and <laughs> and uh, I was right in his backyard. I oh, because you think Tim is a a rabbit on on the in the woods. Ted, oh, he was gone. Like he and I had to go back. Some somebody left their coat or dropped their coat or left it. And my walking sticks. I'm like, oh, so I knew where it was. Uh, so I went back to get it. I said, I'm just going to go back down the easy way, hit the trail, and meet you guys at the truck. So Ted's like, oh, I know a way. Well, Ted left him, said, We're talking on the radio, and for a while, and then I think we got too far out of radio connection. Uh, but yeah, it yeah, was. Ted, uh, Ted is 60, uh, late 60s. And he blows us out of the water. Just a machine in the woods. Oh, he's a machine. He just mountain goat. Yep, it's it's uh, it's amazing. That's awesome. Well, I guess that's what you get when you spend a lot of time up there. Yeah, it. You know, acclimating is is a big deal. That's what makes it it challenging for us to. It's hard, but 
you know, I proved to Cliff last year that we can go do 12 plus miles the first day. We don't have to sit around and do two miles. We can, mm-hmm. we can go get double digits. <laughs> and that's because you've been training for a while and Cliff hadn't yet. Cliff's in a lot better shape than he lets on. He's, uh, he's, he's, that's why he's been part of Team Turtle. But he, uh, he likes the team. Uh, or the Team Turtle pace is what he likes. <laughs> so it's not all about suffering. It's a little bit about vacation. No, it, right? it is. He, he, Cliff is the guy. When I'm riding my bike, it's I'm ready to get from point A to point B. Cliff loves to look around and check things out and see. He'll tell me 47 things he saw on the trail. Did you see this? That I'm like. I had my head down. I saw pavement. That's what yeah, I was I'm like. Did huh? you see that homeless guy in a tree, like seventeen <laughs> feet off the ground, huh? With a squirrel in his mouth? Tim's like, no. You're like, there was two of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Cliff. He he's observant. Yeah, the only homeless people I see on the bike are holding knives. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I go fast. That's good. I don't want to be. I want to see them. Before they get, I'd be, yeah, I think about that often. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess I'm going to absolutely ram you or something. So, yeah, they're going to have to eat some uh, Cervelo bicycle before right. they're going to put a knife in <laughs> some me. carbon fiber. Yep. <laughs> get a little cleat, you know, to the head or something. That's I don't know. Exactly right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, I guess we can probably wrap it up. I know Tim's got uh, a meeting and stuff tonight. Um, Hudson, you got any final thoughts here? No, uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, every everything they said is true. Is all all I will add. Okay, I know so, you spent a lot of time in the woods with these two. So fact check by Hudson. Yeah, we'll put a little disclaimer on yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I I uh, I wish that everybody could have as uh, great a hun buddy as as Cliff is and. It's awesome when you find somebody that has the same passion for hunting and fishing and and you know we I think we uh complement each other's skills um yeah and you know it's there's lots of things that we you know you you know you, you do a little different like my pace is different than his uh overall but at the same time you know I think we see eye to eye like when we're field dressing an animal or do you know there's so yeah. much of those kind of things that you have in common mm-hmm. and 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 to tell you the truth that it's it's rare for to find really good hunting buddies and um that lasts this long too i mean we've been i mean i think you asked earlier how long we've been yeah I, hunting. What? 30 years not that no, old. Not that no. old. 20, uh, 20 years. Me and well, Landon. Hudson's 25. Oh, yeah, probably, 20. Probably 20. Yeah, 20 uh, years. That's what, me and Landon became friends in first grade and started, I think, first. Yeah. Or maybe second grade. It probably feels like 30 for Cliff. <laughs> yeah, Grandpa Cliff. <laughs> wow. It's a lot of torn, torn groins yeah. in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. and shoulders and elbows and... <laughs> Two ACLs in that time. Yeah, two ACLs. I was I was talking to Landon. I think 
Cliff is our first grandpa on the podcast. Yeah. That's impressive. First G-Paw. First G. And I've only been a G-Paw for seven months. So, and, uh, yeah. Now he's a triple G. Yeah. Triple G. Triple G. G. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Triple stack. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you too. I I'm super fortunate to have Hudson and Landon and Rob and Gibson and well, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm I'm fortunate to have Hudson kinda sometimes. So yeah, good friends to hunt with and spend time in the woods are a huge blessing. Yeah, so it is pretty tough to beat that. So Cliff, you got anything to add? No, Landon, sorry that uh, he couldn't be here. I said, you know, we didn't actually roast landon and hudson like i thought we were going to oh we'll have to do that the next time yeah and then you got the you got the spike tree story at McAllister. you gotta tell yeah. oh yeah why don't there, you I'm, give us that one before we uh end it oh oh you're gonna end it with the yeah I okay let, let me lead into that then i'll let cliff take it so perfect uh we're on one of my death marches on a scouting trip way back in there uh, at, we're on the uh, drawn-in hunt there at the ammo base, and Cliff come. Cliff's. I end up going a different direction. Well, let's talk about the e scouting first. This is before e scout. It wasn't e scouting. It was p scouting, paper scouting. Yeah. That's so true. I had access to a bunch of topo maps and aerials, and I had a big uh, prayer stuff. Them and everything. Man, it was so awesome. cool. I still have them rolled up. Yeah, that's actually cool. Yeah, so. Awesome. He and his peace scouting, just scouting, peace yeah. scouting. Yeah. I think we just made a new term. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he's like, oh, this niche right here, and this, yeah, this elbow, and this, you know, this uh, valley, and this crossing, and you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. So we've got little marks all over this map. So that's where we go. Go ahead. And so I send Cliff down, and he comes back, and he says, hey, I found this tree that. Um, has some spikes driven into it like it looks like they've been there for a hundred years i said he said i think i'm gonna hunt that i'm like so he showed me on the map and it was right there on a pinch point coming up had a creek i mean he had everything creek pinch point uh on the you know had some edge right there i'm like man that's a good spot get in there and get after it i had actually hunted a little bit further to the west of you and saw a a pretty decent buck chasing a doe through there so i was like let's get after it and so <laughs> yeah cliff comes back after the first day and i'm like all right let's hear what happened take it from there cliff <laughs> well, let's go with your version <laughs> well my version starts out that evening before this we went to town and had a big dinner of mexican food uh, at a local establishment there. Not the best Mexican food. <laughs> uh, it wasn't bad at the time. We weren't complaining. But we were hungry, so we were putting it away. <laughs> and so we roll back into camp and get out the next morning, and Cliff's like, man, I don't know. My stomach's just not. And I'm like, eh, we're running out. We, it's a three-day hunt. You, you're going. Get in the woods. And so we we head out there, and Cliff's got a pretty good jaunt. I mean, it's a pretty good walk. It's not like you can run back to the truck, and you can't even drive anywhere on there. You have to stay put. And so we, uh, 
I see Cliff take off with his 142-pound backpack <laughs> to go climb the spike tree. Yeah. And uh, Saw a lot of deer that day. Yes. Uh, apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, Cliff, but uh, about the time, I don't know if you had seen very many deer up to that point, but nature calls, you get... Uh, well, no, I did see, because we're not going to talk about my lack of preparation with my recurve, because it's recurve only there. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know, I shot a few times, and I'm like, I got this. I mean, yeah, it's just easy. It's just, you know. Um, well, I emptied my quiver, <laughs> didn't hit a deer. All on different deer? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he's just slinging it. And I think he had 12 arrows. No, so. I had six. Oh, okay. And I started feeling, at, you know, now it sounds like a landed story. How many yeah. times did he go? I go down and I'm not, you know, it's one of those that you're sweating, you know, and you're like nauseous and dizzy. I'm in the tree and I'm like, oh, man. So I go down, pick up my arrows. and That bending over didn't help either. <laughs> no. I, did you find all of them? I found five, I think. And that sex one was too desperate probably to find Well, they it. were only like five yards from yeah. the tree. Yeah. I mean, so I get all my arrows, and I'm, and I'm like, man, I do not feel good. And I just go, just lean up against the tree. And now this sounds like an Armando story. He's yeah. got plenty of those stories. And I mean, so, so I had these overall camos, like like a zip up you know and i mean bib camos bibs <laughs> thanks and you had bibs on they are they're still down and here come deer and i'm launching arrows from the base of my tree with my camos down <laughs> yeah yeah and here comes tim what are you doing i'm looking for my arrows <laughs> Second time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It pretty much cleared the deer out of that yeah. section. We, I don't know if we saw any more deer after that. It was, was it the stench or the arrows flying? Uh, combo? No, I tell you the truth, we actually did see deer. But um, he he had eaten a lot, a lot of Mexican food. So it was a, there was a no-fly zone through there for probably the next two or three seasons uh, but um, you can do that uh, shooting a traditional bow you better uh, it's I haven't it's, missed since though I'm I've got it down yeah we figured it out yeah started exactly practicing right. a little well, more and and we don't eat Mexican until after the hunt it's the <laughs> probably a safe uh, call there yeah Hudson and I found a better Mexican food place there so uh, we're we ate there this last year yeah and so is it worth stopping? Oh, it's worth stopping. Okay, because yeah, sure. I go through McAllister, I feel like, fairly often. I'm like, there's nowhere worth stopping here. I'll just keep yeah, going. Right there on George Nye uh, toward the west end of town across from the uh, um, oh, tractor supply place. Oh, sweet. So I know where that is. Uh, well, that sounds good. I guess we will uh, get it wrapped up here. All right. <laughs> Watch out for the spiky trees. And uh, don't eat bad Mexican food. 
and be prepared. Yep. And find a good hunting buddy. I think that those are our main takeaways right there. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're in McAllister and you see a spike tree, you better start watching where you're stepping. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. It could be bad. Could be. That's been twelve years. Yeah, it's. I don't know what the half life of that is. Yeah. But it's rumor yeah. has it the tree is dead. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming on tonight, and uh, thank you to anyone who sat through this. We really appreciate everyone that listens um, and uh, wants to hear some good stories and everything. So, uh, if you enjoy it, tell somebody about it, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>